This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we talked to a pair of Bates pitchers who propelled their teams to victory last week. Plus, meet Bates women's lacrosse senior captain Shelby Howard, who helped the Bobcats win on the road against nationally ranked Hamilton. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The softball team is off to the program's best start in NESCAC action since 2012, winning three of four games last week to improve to 4-2 and two in conference play. The Bobcats split a doubleheader Friday with Bowdoin before sweeping Wesleyan on the road Saturday in Middletown. First-year pitcher Madison Hollis had a lot to do with the victories, winning two games in the circle, including a shutout of the Cardinals. For that, she was named the NESCAC Softball Pitcher of the Week. Hollis also hit safely in all four games, doing it all for the Bobcats. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Well, Madison, first of all, you described your hometown as middle of nowhere, Tennessee. How did Bates come on your radar for college? So I was actually recruited by the previous head coach, Mikkel Barnes. I was just picking up with a team in Atlanta, and she just walked up to my game. And I was pitching the last two innings of the game, and I think my shortstop made an error. I didn't know the girl, but I just kind of looked at her and was like, hey, like you got the next one, no big deal. And I pitched out of it, no runs scored, but I think – she just kind of walked up to the fence and like she told me later that it was like destiny. It was like really crazy. And so had you heard of Bates before? Uh, what was your kind of college research process like? Um, so I'd never heard of Bates or like the NESCAC or anything, but I really wanted to go to school and just play softball. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't looking anywhere like super massive, but I wanted like a really good education. And then Coach Barnes like told me about the great education that I could get and play like competitive softball. And that was really like that sealed the deal. So what was your first visit to Maine like? I assume you hadn't been there before. I had not. It was in September. Me and my mom came up for a weekend. I went to the clinic. And I met the girls, and they were all great. Like, I met one in particular, and I told my mom, I was like, if the girls are half as cool as her, like, I'm going to love it here. Like, it's going to be so awesome. And I committed about a week later. Great. Well, tell us about growing up. Uh, how did you first get into softball, and have you always been a pitcher? So I had an older sister. Her name is Erin. She's four years older than me, and she wanted to be a catcher. So I followed my big sister, and I wanted to be a catcher. And then we played, like, this little league town. We played a little league in my town, and she was the only girl on her team that knew how to pitch. So she became a pitcher, and she was really good. And I wanted to be like my big sister, so I also became a pitcher, and it just kind of stuck. Did she play in college and stuff? She did. She played one year at a local junior college, and she did really good, actually. Uh, excellent. And so, um, I mean, obviously you can also you pitch and you hit, so how do you kind of balance, you know, training for both those disciplines? Um, it's like kind of like having the pitcher mindset kind of helps me in the box. It's kind of like, what is she going to throw? Like, what would I throw? Like how to get ahead and stuff like that. But I just work really hard at both of them. I really appreciate my teammates. They really push me to do the best I can. Like, it's also really important to like not take what you do on the mound to the batter's box. It's really important to separate them. And I think my teammates are really good at like keeping me like separated. And we have three first year pitchers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so tell us about that group. Oh, they're awesome. I love my other pitchers. Um, Delaney's doing very well right now. I love having her. Taylor's hurt, which I hope she heals up so we can have her as well. And then, um, you know, Coach McKay, obviously her first year as a head coach, what's she like? I love Coach McKay. She's awesome. She is so knowledgeable about the game, and I really love her as a person. Like, she makes us feel really welcomed. I know I'm very far from home, 
So I miss my parents a lot, and Coach Nakay is always just right there. She's very loving, and but she's also a really good head coach. I really love her. Yeah, and uh, you you mentioned you know having an older sister and following her kind of into softball, and you, we talked off air about you also going to a lot of Tennessee games, right? As a as a kid, Tennessee has a powerhouse softball program. What was that like, and uh, you know how that inspired you, kind of I guess? Well, I always knew that I wanted to play in college. Yeah. I liked watching the girls on TV, but it was always that kind of like this is the highest like stage that you can kind of play as a softball player. So I really wanted to do that. I love to compete. I'm very competitive. So I think just like being able to compete and like also get my education, I really like it. Yeah, you mentioned school first. So what are you looking to study here? Biology. Okay. Yeah, I want to go to med school. Med- okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, excellent, excellent. How long have you wanted to be a doctor? Well, I knew I wanted to do something medical. My mom's a nurse. Okay. Um, so I was in a class here at Bates, and we talked about endometriosis, which is like a – Something that happens to your ovaries, I'm not going to get into the science part of it, but um, I like it really took me aback, and I like walked up to my professor, and I was like, this has inspired me, and she was like, so what are you going to do? And so I've decided that I want to be a gynecologist and study endometriosis. Excellent. And then, um, you know, looking at the team the past few games, you, 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 you pitched against Bowdoin, a team that, you know, they showed they can really hit, but you were able to shut them down. What was the key to your success there? Well, me and Kennedy, my catcher, yeah. love her. She calls on my pitches. We kind of had a conversation of, like, we saw what they did in the first game. What can we do differently? And Delaney pitched fine. Like, they're just a very good hitting team. And I think me and Kennedy, like, our biggest thing was keep them off balance, throw them stuff that they can't put the barrel of the bat on. So Kennedy always your catcher, basically? Um, so far, yes. Yeah, so she's been my catcher. Um, I love Kennedy. She's also from the South. She's from Mississippi. She's very good at what she does. We are also like getting on the same page like pitch-wise, which I think is really important, and it's actually like really useful because it's really good whenever you like have a pitch in your mind or you step on the mound and you like look at your catcher and she calls it. You're like, oh, my gosh, we're telepathic. It's crazy. And then that home run she hit was wild, no. right? Dead center. I know. She's so good. <laughs> and what's it like, you know, you know, having someone else from this? Because we don't get too many people yeah. here from Tennessee and Mississippi. So what's that like having her, you know, feeding from the same region as you, right? It's really nice because, yeah. like, we make, like, funny little orations all the time. And no one knows what we're talking about. But, like, we get each other. So, like, it's, like, really nice. And then the very next day you pitched against Wesleyan. Um, complete game shutout in that one. Well, my changeup was really good. Mm. Um, and I've developed this funny little pitch. It's like a kind of drop curve moment. Um, but my defense really helped me out a lot that game. They made a lot of good catches. I know Sarah made a really good catch in the first inning. And then, like, my infield just played really well. They got a lot of ground balls. And I think it was a very good team win. And, like, they hit the ball very well and whatnot. Yeah, the team in general off to a really good start. You know, um, what's been, you know, in your mind the key to success so far? Our key to success is, like, playing, like, coming down, like, not getting too antsy, like Coach has been very big on even killed this year. Like, don't get too high, don't get too low, and it's been really helpful. Excellent. Well, I guess just in our thoughts on the season so far in your first year at Bates, you know, being up here in Maine for the first time, right? I just really love it. Yeah. I mean, we're competing very well, which I love. I love the girls. I love Coach McKay. I love my classes. I just really love it here. Excellent. Well, Madison Hollis, our female Bobcat of the week, and by the way, our NESCAC softball pitcher of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. The men's tennis team picked up a huge win over number 18 nationally ranked Wesleyan on Saturday, defeating the Cardinals 6-3. Junior Matthew Danielson played a big role in the victory, teaming with senior captain Leo Kupferman to win at number two doubles and winning at number six singles. Not only that, Danielson and Kupferman picked up a win earlier in the week against their opponent from number 20 nationally ranked Colby. With his team high three wins over the last two matches, Matthew Danielson is our male Bobcat of the week. 
Mel Bobcat of the Week, Matthew Danielson with us here on the Bobcast talking some men's tennis. And first of all, big win over a uh, top 20 ranked team in Wesleyan there for the Bobcats this past weekend. Uh, you obviously had a lot of success, but what was the add to the team kind of like going into that match and how did you guys pull it off? Yeah, we were obviously super excited to pull off that big upset. And um, honestly, coming in, we didn't feel like the underdog team. We mm -hmm. knew we were the better team. We had our, our home courts. And we were a little disappointed with our previous results against Amherst and Colby leading up to this matchup. So we had a players-only meeting Friday to go over mostly bringing the intensity. And we all showed up and played out and ended up with a great result. Uh, yeah, and you and Leo Kupferman had a big week because you two got a win against Colby and then mm -hmm. again against um, Wesley. And so what's been working with that doubles combination? Yeah, I love playing with Leo. I think he and I have some great doubles chemistry. And we've seems like every single match we play, we keep getting better and better. Um, we've had some great results this season, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the week or the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned off-air you'd not played with him previously, and so how do you build that doubles chemistry? What's the key to that? Uh, a lot of practice, yeah. and you have to um, also be pretty familiar with your partner, know how to talk him down if he gets upset, know how to bring him back up. And, uh, and we have our set plays, what we like to do, and usually we are reading each other's mind out there, and we know what we're doing even before we say anything. It's funny, I was talking with Cam, and he mentioned his doubles partner this year, Gooch, yep. how they're very different in terms of personality. Are you? What's your personality like compared to Leo's? <laughs> uh, we're somewhat similar. We yeah. approach tennis uh, very intensely, yeah. um, but we also both can get back on focus, joking around a little bit, and being a little more, uh, we both play better when we're relaxed, mm -hmm. so that's the key. At least I try to pick him up by telling him it's all good, let's get back at it, and usually that works. And then, of course, right after doubles play, you transition into singles. You were at number six singles, got a win there against Wesleyan. What, well, take us through that singles victory there for you against the Cardinals. It was a tough match, um, but I have to credit it to the energy that the, our entire team brought, the intensity. I was able to look over right next to me, Gooch was playing next to me, and he was playing intense. Cam was battling, Nick was battling, and the bench was going crazy. So it really, that energy is what fueled me to be able to win. Excellent. And then, you know, in terms of... Your approach, I mean, what's the biggest, how much time did you have between matches? Because sometimes it's no time at all, really. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I think it's we get five minutes yeah. between doubles <laughs> to singles. So, I mean, it's really, it's not too bad if you win doubles because then you're on the doubles high and you can trans transition right in. But yeah. the tough part is if you drop a few matches or drop some doubles matches, you have to fo refocus, singles focus, and get back out there. I know you guys played a lot of really tough opponents early in the year. Um, obviously, everyone in the NESCAC is tough. But what, what, yeah. what are you kind of looking at in terms of the remaining schedule to get into that NESCAC tournament here? Um, we have a tough match on Wednesday at Bowdoin. Mm. Uh, they're a solid team. I believe they're top 15. Mm. Um, and then this weekend, we have Con College and Trinity at home, and we should be able to win both those matches yeah. and get right into the NESCACs. I think we can beat Bowdoin too, but... For sure, Con and Trinity. Yeah, Bowdoin's always the rivalry matchup, and yeah. uh, you know it's too bad you, it's on the road, right? Because I know you have a big home court advantage here, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> Although it's warmer out, so we might be going back outside. Yeah, it's no more Merrill. Looking forward to getting out in Wallach at some point here for some matches. <laughs> oh yeah, hopefully this weekend both matches will be outside. Yeah. I mean the weather's forecast this week is beautiful, so looking forward to some outdoor tennis. So you got to be practicing outside this week, you yeah. think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Starting tomorrow. I saw they were putting the nets up today. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so moving indoors to outdoors, what's the biggest transition? I mean, I don't know. The court's very different. Obviously, the wind comes into play, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing is readjusting your eyes and almost timing mm -hmm. because each court bounces differently. Our indoor courts bounce really quickly, and we played Colby on Thursday. Their outdoor courts are really slow, mm -hmm. so it's really about how quickly can you adjust your eyes to see the ball earlier and really get your timing down. 
Excellent. So what are some things you maybe you've been working on with Coach Gassingay and uh, Coach Magda about, you know, your game this year as a junior? Uh, well, I've always been an aggressive player mm. and keep that in the game. Um, the toughest part for me has always been getting um, tight in matches or getting nervous, as everyone does. So really working through those tough moments and just battling every single point and staying loose. When I play loose, no one can beat me. I feel like so much of tennis is that mental side. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be in great shape, but there's so much mental side to it, isn't there? Definitely. I think it's, especially at the higher levels, it's almost all mental. If you look at the pros, all those players are physical beasts out there, and they can all hit the tennis ball as well as everybody else. But it really, what separates them is their mentality and how they handle the tough points. Who are some pros you admire when you watch tennis? Um, I've always liked Federer. Federer's been my favorite. Mm. I like his game. Super aggressive. Um but from the mental standpoint, I think Novak Djokovic mm. is super mentally tough out there. And some people don't like him because he can be have some antics on the court. But no one can deny how much he's won and his success. Well, of course, you know, from an earlier generation, famous for his antics was John McEnroe. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched any of those clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> definitely some crazy antics out there. But you have no officials to yell at because you are the official for your match, right? You you officiate each other, right? How, yeah. does, how does that go sometimes? Uh, that's, that can be tough. Yeah. As some teams are known more than others to have some tight calls. Also depends on your opponent. Um, yeah. I, it goes pretty well. Honestly, I could see it being a lot worse. Yeah, right. I, I'm honestly surprised that some of these guys, or we don't even try to hook each other. I mean, call it hooking when yeah. you steal a point, like... Um, like how yeah. a term for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't happen that often. No. Yeah. Uh, usually it happens when it's a really close point or if it's when it's four all or deuce and yeah. you need that point. Like, wait, I need that. And you, oh, it's out. And then you take the point. Well, any other thoughts you want to share on the season so far we haven't got to talk about? I'm really excited for these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think we can make an impact at the NESCAC tournament. I love this group of guys we're playing with. Uh, we're a veteran team. Lots, most of our players are seniors and juniors this year. So it's our one last chance with these guys, and we're going to make the most of it. The women's lacrosse team secured a big NESCAC victory at number 23 nationally ranked Hamilton on Saturday, defeating the Continentals 12-10, behind a career-high four goals from senior captain Shelby Howard. It's the second straight season the Bobcats have defeated a nationally ranked Hamilton team, and Howard joins the Bobcast to talk about the victory and more. Well, Shelby, I believe it's your first time on the Bobcast, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Senior captain for women's lacrosse. Take us back when you were looking at colleges. What made Bates the place for you? So my older sister actually went to Bates. She was class of 2019, and she played lacrosse. And originally I told myself that I don't want to follow in her footsteps and that I didn't want to be the copycat little sister that I've kind of always been uh, to her. And then I would visit for either lacrosse games or for different school events that she was going to. And I just noticed how nice everybody was, especially her younger teammates, too. That would have been – that became my future teammates. And as I was looking at other schools, I just didn't have that – they didn't have that same draw to to them. And ultimately, I ended up going to Bates and becoming best friends with those people that were so nice to me on – my visits and they were like nice to me for no reason you know they would just take time out of their day to say hi ask what's up they'd remember things about me and that just totally stood out throughout the um, decision process for me so terrific and then how'd you get into the sport kind of to begin with lacrosse yeah uh again so it was my older sister right, 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 right. so yeah she's five years older than me yeah. and growing up I would just do everything that she did um I played soccer basketball and lacrosse growing up um, but lacrosse was like the sport she was really good at. 
So it was so much fun watching her. Um, we only had town lacrosse back in the day. There wasn't a lot of clubs um, when I was growing up. And I remember being the only, like, second grader on the third grade team. But it was so much fun. I loved just how dynamic the sport was. Um, yeah, soccer for me was always, like, a little bit more technical and stressful, I think, just because there were certain expectations. And I'd played that sport since I was really young. And then lacrosse, I kind of just did for – it was always for fun. And that was super um, – like refreshing even as a second grader that I could kind of just go out there. Um, you know, we'd all do every position. So you'd take the draw, you'd go in goal and put on all that big padding and things like that. And it was just like a fun, overall fun experience. So um, I kept at it through high school. And then um, also a huge help was throughout my decision process that my older sister had gone to Bates and um in regard to recruiting, that was helpful just to have that connection with um, the coach at the time, Brett Allen, already. So Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, this senior class has gone through a lot, to say the least. Yes. Um, you come to Bates in 2019, 2020 as first years, and you beat Southern Maine, I remember, the last yes. women's lacrosse, the last athletic event. And like a few days later, everyone went home. I mean, looking and then you abbreviated season the next year. So how were you able to kind of get through that year from your perspective, I guess? Right. That was crazy. And we'd actually gone to California that um, year for our spring break trip. We went to L.A. And things were just off to such a like a strong, exciting start because unlike um, like the fall and the winter sports where you kind of have the season hit you early, lacrosse is just all spring sports are just full of like the anticipation of waiting and waiting. And that freshman year, um, our whole grade was like waiting to get on the field, play, and it was just taken from us like so quickly. And I think it was a huge mental adjustment. And then going back to school or our sophomore year, it was social distanced group of t- groups of 10 with masks on. Um, and that was the lacrosse we had. Uh, and I think people just really had to like readjust. And now fast forward to our senior year, we've only played like one full season right. of college lacrosse but we're leaders of this team now. Um, so there's been some like reconciling with that and trying to, even though we don't have much experience, like we went to Hamilton this past Saturday and that was all of our like first time right. doing that bus ride together, Yeah, which is crazy because most seniors um, without COVID would have already done that bus bus ride at least once. Um, so just silly things like that where we're all learning. Um, and overall, I'm just really excited to see um, and I always tell the young girls too, like how jealous I am that they'll have a full four years. Knock on wood. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I guess you never know, but yeah, certainly. I mean, <laughs> all, all uh, I indication. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the Hamilton game, yes, another victory for Bates over Hamilton. You got him last year here. Yes. Got him this year there. You had four goals. Take us through what was working out there. What were you seeing? I did. It was awesome. That um, overall, they were all um, three of the four were assisted goals, which is like huge for us and. It was all about we knew that Hamilton plays a really great zone um, and they are usually able to cause a lot of turnovers and just deny a lot of looks. Um, So our focus all week of practice was quick ball movement. Uh, So with that, we were just able to actually execute in the game. Um, I had assists from um, Maddie Donovan, Maddie Roloffs, Lauren Wong. They just all found me like fast and made it easy for me. So they they did the hard work and I was just able to put it in the back of the net. Um, but, yeah, on attack, we were really able to connect. And then we played some great man-to-man lockdown D, which was also amazing. Excellent. And uh, you touched on this, but what is it like being a senior captain this year? It's 
a little strange. So yeah, my freshman year, I actually, I didn't play like at all. I was in a boot. I got surgery that year. Um, and then last year I had mono. So mm. I also missed half of our season. So it's been like this crazy learning curve where I almost feel like a freshman, like a first year, but I need to remind myself that there's actually like real first years and that I'm actually a senior. So there's a bit of like a, like, I feel like an imposter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, I, I wish I could say in like moments of hard games or hard practices that had been there, be, like I'd been there before, but a lot of it's like new and exciting. And obviously um, this is our second year with Renee as well. It keeps us on our toes, um, Cammie and I, as captains and our senior class in general. But it's been an amazing experience and that everybody on our team is just so, like, bought in to us becoming a winning team once again and, like, becoming a force to be reckoned with in the NESCAC. So um, I love it, and it's I'm going to miss it when, it when it leaves soon. I feel like you've been pretty involved on campus just kind of in general throughout your time here at Bates. Student Athlete Advisory Committee, right? I did the Bates Agents of Change. Bates, ah, that's right. And it was, yes. yes. So with Jess Duff, which was awesome. And yeah, that was all like over Zoom too, which right. is pretty crazy to think back on now. Yeah, yeah. So what's it like kind of, you know, being involved in other aspects of the, you know, Bates campus life? I think right now, like what's on the forefront of my mind is like the academic like levels. Yeah. Um, I'm a double major. So I'm writing my second thesis uh, right now with Professor Mike Roke, actually, right. who loves Bates athletics. Yeah. And uh, so that's been really great. And I guess... Something I'm just, like, taking away my senior year is that, like, all these different spheres of Bates, they kind of, like, overlap. So for me, like, both my thesis advisors know I play lacrosse. And after the Hamilton game, like, I got I get an email that Saturday night from Mike Roke. He's like, great game. Like, I saw you scored. And it's just really sweet to, like, see how the community kind of all, like, we keep each other in check and we're kind of aware of, like, the different things that we do on campus. So, yeah, overall, I... And it is D3 week, so it's, like, awesome that um, being involved, like, I feel like I'm pretty heavily involved in my academics right now, but I'm also able to, like, be fully immersed in athletics. So um, it's been a great experience at Bates. Excellent. And then, um, you know, the season obviously has a few more games here. Hopefully, you know, um, you know, you got, what, three regular season games left? Yes, we do. Yeah. So um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, I mean, you have a senior day coming up uh, fairly soon, I suppose, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's on Saturday. (laughs) Yep. It's looking like a 66-degree sunny day outside. There you go. So we're super excited for that. Um, we had a tough game against Con last year um, where we just weren't able to execute. Um, and it was just kind of like a what, what just happened moment with that game. So I think a lot of us, like, that's still fresh in my mind. And we're just ready to, like, attack that game, um, get a win on senior day. And, yeah, thinking back to even, like, our sophomore year, we played Con at home. It was in masks, and we did, like – that's right. Um, yeah. We did all of our pregame rituals, like, in a tent outside, socially distanced. And it's just, like, that's a that's a huge game for us. And it means a lot, a lot more than just, like, the NESCAC game in itself. But there's, like, a lot of history there. Mm. And to get a win on Saturday is going to be, like, vital for us. Excellent. Well, I guess it's in our thoughts on, you know, I guess, you know, either the game against Hamilton or your time so far here at Bates you wanted to mention we haven't got to talk about? I don't know. I mean... I guess overall, I think I would just say, like, I'm very grateful that throughout all this time, athletics has still been, like, the backbone for me at Bates. And I just have, I know I have friends that go to other schools and other NESCACs that they either had to, like, leave campus or, like, they had, like, remote school, for instance, or athletics just didn't really put in the as much effort to kind of make it happen. And I know I joke about how sophomore year we had to do, like, 
social distanced passing and you couldn't actually defend the people. You had to kind of just like be a, like a ghost defend or like a dummy D, so to say. But overall, just looking back, like I'm so grateful for even getting out in the field and like getting that face to face time with people during those tough times, because now that we are like fully in season and it's coming down the wire for us, like we can whenever things aren't going our way, like I personally can take a step back and be like, "Ooh, I'm grateful that at least I can be here. At least I can play real defense and I don't have to just kind of be like a fake dummy D. Um, and yeah, overall, just Bates Athletics did make the effort for us to get out in the field um, these past four years. And awesome. two home games this week, right? Yeah. Tufts tomorrow. Tufts is tomorrow. And then Connecticut College on Saturday. Yeah. So check it out at Garcelon Field. The women's lacrosse team coming off a big win. Second straight time they've beaten a ranked Hamilton team, this time on the road. Shelby Howard, four goals a career high. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. On the baseball diamond, the Bobcats defeated Thomas College 9-1 to on Thursday and took game one of a doubleheader 7-4 to over Colby on Saturday. In Thursday's contest, junior Corbin McAlpine tossed six shutout innings striking out five to earn his first collegiate win. On that day, I wanted to go out. I wanted to establish my fastball early on in the game and uh, work my off speed from there as we needed to. And uh, the fastball was on early, and uh, we were able to get a lot of guys out, and it felt good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, what was it like to get your first collegiate victory there? Yeah, it was definitely great to get that one under the belt, and uh, hopefully we can build off that and get more down the road. Chris McGrail came in relief, yep. and uh, he pitched two innings, and he did a good job and passed it off to Noah Timmer. They both did a great job closing that victory out for us. Yeah, certainly. And then, I mean, take us through, like, when you were in high school, what made Bates the place for you? Sure, yeah. So I was looking for a uh, D3 school that had high academics and uh, a good baseball program, and I was drawn to Bates because of the culture, and uh, I really clicked well with Coach Martin, so I knew this was the place for me. And obviously the first year was kind of a weird one. You had a very, very abbreviated season. And so uh, that, that transition from high school to college, have you, are you, do you finally feel as a junior kind of like have made it sort of? Because like it's, it was a weird start, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a rough transition for me into college. Um, the hitters here are definitely a lot more competitive. But uh, between my freshman and my sophomore year, I was able to uh, improve and make an adjustment and uh, be able to compete a lot more at this level and now. Uh, I feel a lot more comfortable at this level, and uh, now it's my job to, you know, help out help out the younger guys make the same transition that I did. You're from Massachusetts, right? I am, yes. So tell me a little bit about growing up, I guess. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people play baseball. But what made baseball maybe your favorite? Yeah, sure. So uh, growing up in Massachusetts, uh, I always loved the Red Sox. I loved playing baseball from a young age. And uh, I don't know, once I just got a baseball in my hand, I loved throwing the ball and hitting. And I just loved everything about the game. So it just stuck with me for the rest of my life. Were you always a pitcher, or did you start that later? Um, no, I played in the field as well in high school. I actually was a catcher as well as a pitcher, and I played third base. So once I came to college, I became a pitcher only. But up until then, I uh, played in the field as well. So is it, was there an adjustment also maybe becoming more of a, you know, a specialist-type role where you were used to playing a lot? Yeah, there was some adjustment there. I mean, um, I like pitching a lot more than I do hitting and playing the field. So it was kind of just taking my favorite aspect of the game and magnifying it and make it my making it my sole focus. So... I kind of like that a lot more. Take us through kind of your uh, pitch mix, what you bring to the table. Sure. I throw uh, a four-pitch mix. I throw a four-seam fastball, a two-seam fastball, a slider, and a changeup. Okay, great. And two-seam fastball, for those who don't know, a lot of people use a, a synonym of a sinker, right, for that pitch. Tell us about what 
you know, the contrast between throwing a two-seamer versus a four-seamer. Yeah, so my four-seam fastball is uh, pretty straight, and I use it to spot up in certain locations. And then my two-seam fastball, I primarily use it to induce weak contact, and uh, it drops and moves inside on a a right-handed hitter. So I get a lot of ground balls to uh, the left side of the infield with that pitch. Terrific. And then, I mean, we mentioned the Thomas College game. That was actually the home opener for Bates, and it was pretty nice weather out there. So, I mean, what was it like to finally get back on Leahy Field? Oh, it was awesome to finally get back out on Leahy, and uh, we're just really excited. we got a, a long stretch of home games coming up here. We actually don't have to leave uh, the state of Maine for a while, so we're going to be really excited to play. I think we have five games coming up this week, and uh, it's supposed to be really warm out there, so it's going to be awesome. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, a ton of home games this week. Uh, you have a game this afternoon. We're talking on Tuesday. By the time you all are listening to this, they're probably in the middle of their game against us and then Maine-Farmington tomorrow, and Trinity – Trinity's always a fun matchup, I feel like, the last few years. I mean, they always have a pretty good team, but Bates seems to be able to you know, get some victories against them. What's that kind of matchup like? Uh, what do you guys talk about in terms of facing Trinity? Because obviously it's big, important NESCAC games here, right? Sure, yeah. So we're going to focus on getting these two wins here against uh, Husson and Farmington and then take that momentum with us into the weekend against Trinity. Last year, we were able to take one out of three games from them, and we're hoping to build off that and win the series. Yeah, certainly. Tell us a little bit about, you know, it's a big roster, right, in terms of the team, a lot of guys on the team. What's the group kind of dynamic like? Uh, we're a very tight-knit group, and uh, as Coach Martin said this week in practice, we got a lot of games coming up, so everyone on the roster has to be ready to go. And uh, he said you got to stay loose and just be ready when your name's called because we're going to need all hands on deck for these uh, stretch of games coming up here. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on your uh, first collegiate win there against Thomas? Um, no, I don't. I just wanted to let, let everyone know that we're really excited for the rest of the season here and uh, just go Cats. Absolutely, yeah. Games are right there in the middle of campus. You can't miss it. Uh, Cormac Alpine, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. The track and field teams traveled to Troy, New York for the RPI Tri-Meet on Saturday, and men's senior captain Liam Burns stood out, winning the hammer, the shot put, and the javelin. He also placed second in the discus. For his efforts, Byrne was named the NESCAC Men's Field Athlete of the Week. First of all, obviously, outdoor season, you get to do a bunch of different events, four of them, in fact. So what's that like going from two events in the winter to four events here in the spring? It's it's definitely a bit of extra work. Um, I'm pretty much competing from the, I'm the first one going when the meet starts. I'm the last one going when the meet ends. And the unfortunate part is I never really get to see anything else. So I never, and especially at places like RPI, the tracks at the base of the valley, jabs a little bit down the hill on the side from that on the other side of a field hockey field, and then disc hammer shot are another 150 feet of elevation and quarter mile up the hill and away on the other side of a building from everything. So we see nothing. Mm. Um, so it's I do miss being able to see the jumps and the, and the sprints and all the running events and all the stuff like that. But it's uh, it's definitely fun to have my have the events that I enjoy more. We had some interesting conditions to start the year. I know the first meet at Bates was pretty rainy. What was it like uh, in New York here this past Saturday? Uh, it was mid-50s and sunny. Okay. It was a gorgeous day. Yeah. But it could not be more different than the first <laughs> meet. That was brutal. So how do, you, how do you adjust that first meet, I mean, to the conditions? Shorten up the throws a little bit. Try to try to do whatever we can to stay dry and warm. We ended up being outside for about seven and a half hours from the start of hammer to the end of shot. Yeah. It I think it got up to about 45 degrees at the end of the day, and the rain stopped around 3. But for the first four hours or so, it was about 38 and on and off pouring rain. So yeah. we were just everyone was just soaked trying to keep any kind of warmth in and just really trying not to get hurt. Yeah. 
We won three events this past weekend, and you got second in the other one. Um, I know you have high expectations for yourself, strong goals for the year. So where, where do you see yourself right now? Where are some goals you have maybe by the time we get to NESCACs perhaps? Um, NESCACs looking for uh, minimum three wins. Um, there's a Trinity shot putter that's sitting fifth in Division Three right now. Mm. Who's, he's really doing well. So hopefully get to a place where I can – if he doesn't have a great day, I can at least be competitive with him mm. and then really just want to put the long throws away. So those are, those are more my specialty. You don't get those during indoor, the disc hammer, javelin. So I've been, I've been waiting for those for a while. Um, NESCAX is definitely going to be a focus this year. This will be uh, my one and only chance right. at NESCAX. Freshman year, no outdoor track. Yeah. Sophomore year, abbreviated short yeah. season. And then last year, uh, tested positive for COVID a couple of days before the meet started. So that was, it's been rough to watch. But... We'll see. Finally get one chance to put the conference back where it belongs. You mentioned to me before that you do much better when you have people who are really competitive, a lot of them. Um, how's that change your mentality kind of when you have guys who you know are uh, to your level um, and maybe perhaps someone you're trying to chase down? It's, it, it just adds a little extra, um, just a little extra motivation to the competition. Because, like, yes, yeah, so, I mean, for the most part, this is something that I don't really see as much in other sports, but, but even between teams – the throwers at least are pretty good friends with each other because as I said with RPI a lot of times we end up being pretty far away so our team can't be there so if, if you're not at least pleasant to people around you it's just a terrible experience for everyone involved so we all just kind of it's general just support all around in direct head-to-head of course I'm there to win yeah. as is everyone else but then as we get to the later meets where it's maybe just you don't send your full team because not everyone's qualified but you get just this is the group from the conference or from the region. Like I remember last outdoor, I spent a lot of time with uh, the MIT throwers. Mm. So we had a couple injuries here, and just as meets progressed, our teams got smaller. They were doing pretty much the same thing, so I hung out with the MIT guys a lot more, things like that. One of the cool things about track is seeing when people set you know new personal records, even if they don't necessarily win the event. James Guiney, a couple PR. James has started the season really well. Yeah. Uh, for the first weekend, he had a six-meter PR on the hammer, which is enormous. He went from 40 to 46 meters. Mm. And then this past weekend, he had another half meter or so to that. He also had a two-and-a-half-meter discus PR this past weekend from uh, 40.34 to 42.96, I believe. It's been great to see him finally connecting on some of those because he really – kind of exploded this past indoor in the weight throw and then also had a big jump and shot put at the indoor state meet so he's finally starting to get back to a place where he's he's feeling more confident in his throws and they're really starting to move which is great he's got a lot more in the tank too yeah for you personally how much are you motivated right now because i think you barely missed nationals right in the weight yeah i, I finished i was top 20 go i was 29th in weight 33rd in shot during okay. indoor so those were both close enough that it was not pleasant to miss right um, they were, it was a historically great year. Yeah, I saw like it's, <laughs> For most, yeah. we have a spreadsheet with most of the like past qualifying marks, yeah. what, what it took to be an All-American, what it took to win, what it took to qualify for the last 15 years or so. Yeah. And it was the highest, it, it was the highest one we ever have seen. So that's cool. I've talked to a couple of alumni, I've been like, ah, there's years in past and past, you guys have it easy and, everyone, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, like I've been back on that like four event a meet thing i talked to one of our alumni chris murtag yeah. uh, as often as i can he's been immensely helpful trying to because he was the last baits thrower to really do all four outdoor throws at a high level so it's just it's been great to have him as a resource to help with training tips diet he got me on a nutritionist in scarborough mm. for a while which was really helpful just different things that he's taken the time to go through and learn it 
and it's more makes more sense to him just telling me than me have to figure it out all all by myself. No yeah. need to reinvent the wheel and all that. Excellent. Yeah, more, more support from the alums. Guy, I love that. Right? Oh yeah, so it's, it's always fun. There's a great group. We actually uh, we're starting to get lined up to have a, uh, the first alumni throwing competition in the fall. It'll be the same day as the 5K meet. Um, Peter Goodrich's brother was a throw at Middlebury. He's going to compete. Mm. Goodrich's nephew's a current thrower there. His parents are coming up as well. So we'll get them going to a little Goodrich memorial thing, kind of like that. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. So the, uh, the alumni meet for cross country will also be an alumni meet for the throwers. Yeah, starting this fall. If we can get it, it should happen. We're yeah. getting final details getting hammered out. Yeah, a lot of logistics, a lot of people to track down because there's a lot of good throwers who probably want to come back, right? It'll be, yeah. Depending on who shows up, it could be... A, quite the interesting competition <laughs> absolutely well liam thank you so much again for joining us on the bobcast and congrats on being the nescac field performer of the week of course thank you spring sports are in full swing and it's a very busy week for bates athletics with 10 home events most of which are key nescac matchups for bates find the complete schedule at gobatesbobcats.com and we'll recap all the action next time on the bates bobcast <laughs> Why don't you?